Making it in business isn't about spreadsheets, this or that. It's about guts, tenacity, and above all, street smarts. Join Sarah Shaw as she talks with successful entrepreneurs about all the hard-won lessons they've learned on the mean streets of the business world. If you've ever felt stuck, stifled, or even just scared to get out there and make your mark, you'll learn how even the most successful entrepreneurs overcame failure and found the power to move forward. So forget about learning about business in school, because all you need to make it big is a street smart MBA. And here's your host, Sarah Shaw. Hey there, everyone. Sarah Shaw here with Get a Street Smart MBA, and I'm really looking forward to today's interview um, with Darren from uh, Social Sensei. So Darren's a serial entrepreneur with over 13 years of experience working with hundreds of startups and businesses to help them thrive. So seeing that social media was becoming kind of the new toilet paper, right, something everyone needs, he jumped into the foray with his brother co-founding Social Sensei back in 2018. So they rode a rocket ship together in this Instagram world of automation space and build, built a subscription base of over $1 million in annual recurring revenue in the first 10 months after launching. Woohoo! In late 2019, they were forced to pivot as Instagram shut down their whole automation sequence, and now they're on to the latest and greatest growth hacking technique using celebrity and influencer marketing. So Darren's worn every hat in the closet, with the exception of being a developer, and has achieved mastery in the art of delegation. The backbone of his skill set revolves around project management, product development, creative direction, and online marketing. And now he's leveraging the wealth of experience he's garnered over these 13 years of the tech world into helping his clients' businesses cultivate a thriving social media presence and creating educational programs that help uplift the mind, body, and spirit of the individuals that he coaches. And his goal is ultimately, really, is to blend entrepreneurship with his philanthropic work to help co-create and manifest a more beautiful existence for all through the empowerment of youth, regenerative agriculture, and the protection of our water. Glad you're doing it. Welcome, Darren. <laughs> so good to talk to you. Thank you for <laughs> having me on the show. Yeah, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to this. Yeah. Well, so um, let's talk a little bit about um, how you got into social media marketing. I mean, I know you come from, you know, kind of the tech world, and you've had a lot of experience, you know, with, with apps and different things in your past, but how how did social media become sort of what you thought was going to be your next hotspot? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, back when I was 20, I started a creative agency with my partner at the time called DNA Imagery, and we would do photo, video, graphic, web design, app development, and we developed our own apps. And you know, we we are able to kind of break through the marketplace there because we had built up a following for a lifestyle company we had before. And on that lifestyle company, we just posted, you know, photos of art and contemporary art and drew a large community of audience there. And my brother would be on the toilet all day long, following people, unfollowing them, commenting on things. And that's all he did for three years. In three years on Instagram, he got 100,000 followers. This is actually before wow. Instagram became Instagram, before they sold. So um, we had 100,000 followers on platforms. So when you posted 
your post went to 100,000 people. It didn't get cold by Instagram's algorithm. So you can imagine when we <laughs> launched our first yes. app, it went out to 100,000 people, and we actually made it onto the charts of um, I, the iTunes store. And at the time, there was a million apps in the app store. So doing that was, like, profound. Like, Adobe Photoshop was number 56, and we were, like, right next to them. You know, it's like they're a multi-billion-dollar company. <laughs> And uh, so that was pretty cool. And that, that really hit some light bulbs in my head. That was like, ding, ding, ding. Wow, social media is so powerful. It is ridiculously powerful. If, if that can, you know, basically equalize uh, a small business or mid-market business with the titans of the industry. And after we had that success, we actually went on to receive over 10 million downloads on those apps. You know, clients from our creative agency were like, hey, how did you get that many followers? Like, what were you doing? So we started doing social media strategies and um, building uh, people's social media accounts up. But that was just so much, you know, um, time out of our hands, like a lot of micromanaging and things of that nature. And we're like, hey, we're developers. Let's figure out how to crack this code. We can make software that can do everything that we're doing, that you're doing on the toilet the whole time, you know? I was telling my brother <laughs> that. So, so we decided to automate bathroom time and these various actions of follow and follow, um, commenting and liking and things of that, sending direct messages even. And we started Social Sensei because we saw a problem in the market and our clients were asking for it. And that's kind of how we got into social media marketing and the birth of Social Sensei. Um, yeah, I don't know how far you want me to go into that story. but Well, I, it's so funny. I was cracking up more to myself when you were saying your brother was on the toilet because I saw Gary Vaynerchuk speak. Oh, God, this is like back in 2009. I was at a conference, and he was one of the speakers, and he was – Basically, he said to everyone, look, if you don't have that phone on you, even when you're in the bathroom sitting on that toilet, he's like, that's where I spend a lot of my time and I get a lot of work done in that time. And I was just sitting there thinking, oh, my God, he is telling us that this is how he spends his time. And, you know, and this is when he was really um, – this, he was, it was Twitter back then yeah. um, that he was building his brand on. And, you know, he, whatever, had like 4 million followers already at that point, And it was like unheard of, right? And he was like, that's because I am never without my phone. <laughs> He's like, if I could do it in the shower, I'd be doing it in the shower. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I, I, for me, you know, I'm looking for like the work-life balance. Like Gary Vee, that, that's his business. His business is literally mm -hmm. is like being a social media influencer. So it's probably tough for him to put, the phone down but right. for me it's like I want to live my life and the toilet is it feels like a good holy place for social media yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. that's so funny in the toilet yeah. Um, yeah well so so um how did you guys pick Instagram I mean just yeah well I'm, there were all the other platforms already so I'm just yeah curious. absolutely that that is a great question and the reason we picked mm -hmm. Instagram was, was because it was new See, mm. what typically happens with social media, if you look at the trends of social media platforms and things of that nature, as, as they age and they become more behemoths, like their, Instagram, their algorithms get locked in and it becomes more difficult to move and break through. Like right mm. now, Instagram's getting a little bit on the older side. So they're making it harder to break through, get engagement, things like this. If you're already established there, then 
um, that's amazing news for you. You're locked in. You're like grandfathered into, you know, millions of followers and engagement. But if you're trying to start an account right now, it's probably going to be a lot harder than you think to even get over 10,000. Whereas before, when you're starting with a new platform, it's the wild, wild west, the algorithm is completely open. Why? Because they want people on the platform. They want people to sign up. They want people to be able to have their content shared. You know whose platform is doing that right now? TikTok. Right, so right TikTok, but now they're getting about, banned. Yeah, that's well, that's a, that's a whole story too. You know, legal this that, and who knows what happens right. with lawyers and who they pay and all that stuff. I'm sure they'll figure it out. But I mean, the U they can't lose the U.S. market. That's that'd be extremely detrimental to their their sure, business. Of um, so, but typically, when a platform launches a new feature, I was going to talk about this later, or when there's a new platform, they really open up the algorithm. So mm. one helpful tip is for right now on Instagram, early adopters, you know, um, they typically win. So when stories came out, when people were using stories, those people got a boost in their engagement. So Instagram just released a new feature called Reels. So people that are using Reels right now are getting that early adopter push. Instagram wants people to use it, so therefore they give more engagement to the people that are using the features they want to use and they give less engagement to the people that don't want them, features they, they don't want them to use. Oh, yeah. um, oh. And also with, like I was saying before, the algorithm shifts over time. Why does that happen? Because when you're launching an app, you just want users. You want to show investors you get users. You got to remember this is a business, right? So right. then once they have enough users, what do they do? Then they put ads. Now they got shareholders. Now they're <laughs> beholden to the shareholders. They got to make money. So they clamp down on the algorithm. Why do they clamp down on the algorithm? Because they don't want you to have engagement. They want you to pay to play pay so you can it. have engagement. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So this is a conundrum being an entrepreneur and you know we're always looking for problems not because that's what we're focused on because we have the solutions for those problems so you know that's where social sensei comes into play to kind of supersede that um, algorithm so that we can still grow our instagram accounts where there's a billion plus users you know it's still a massively powerful platform um, to drive business or make change in the world right i agree Oh, God, when you say it, like a billion people, it just makes it seem so much bigger than anything you can kind of get a grip on, right? Um, yeah, it's so, crazy. So kind of while we're in this area right now, let's, can, can you talk a little bit about what reels are and how people could use that to that, their advantage? Yeah, sure. So Instagram Reels is actually a spinoff of TikTok. So TikTok became huge because – they were one of the first social media platforms that allowed people to um, add music to their video clips, and they got really big into uh, the, the Gen Z, um, early millennial group of kids wanting to make these uh, lip sync songs and things of that nature. Now, of course, businesses aren't, some businesses that might resonate with, but most businesses, I don't know if the business owners are going to make lip sync battle videos. But Instagram right. Reels is, is essentially an upgrade to the Instagram stories. Um, so now people can add uh, music to their, their, um, their posts. And so this is a powerful way to gravitate towards the younger demographic and the younger generation. You know, and 
I haven't seen it really used for the older demographic, but I'm sure it's also possible to reach them as well. What you're doing is you're, you're finding messages, music, ideas, concepts uh, that resonate with this target audience. Somebody that's really reaching out to the younger generation in a creative and colorful way is Wendy's, actually, of all people. And it's undetermined to see how... Yeah, the food chain. Okay. You wouldn't think like, oh, it's a burger place, but they're, they're going out a little avant-garde, out-of-the-box thinking here, and it's always interesting to, to see what they're doing about how they're reaching their audience because it's just a burger chain, right? But their right. social media implies so much more. So, you know, taking a look at um, people that are able to spend the multi-million dollars on these powerful agencies to do all the creative direction for them to get inspiration is a great place if you're a small business or a mid-market business that doesn't have the same capital to do so. Because you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You can just you can copy and shift a little bit uh, already what's working well for others. So take a look at their reels. Take a look at the reels from other big companies in your target demographic. This is what mm-hmm. I would recommend um, pretty much to any business owner. And make sure that you just keep a pulse. You stay on top of the trends. You know, It's not that you're competing with them or comparing what you can do with them, but you just do the best that you can with the resources that you have available. And it doesn't mean copy them outright. It means, you know, Take that idea and then put your own spin on it. That way you come off as authentic and, pun intended, real. Mm-hmm. Right. You're real, real. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause also, because also being authentic is, I mean, in my opinion, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, is really what social media is about. I mean, it's what it started being, but that's still, I feel like that authenticity of a brand or a person or, you know, whatever you're looking at on social media, whether it's a photo, just a text or a video or whatever, that the more genuine it is, the more it's going to resonate with people anyway. And they can tell if you're copying something that, you know, doesn't go with your brand. Yeah, absolutely. And I always tell this to business owners too, whenever we're doing social media strategies is, you know, so many businesses and personal brands, they just get caught up with the numbers, you know. Mm-hmm. You just want to get numbers and get a sponsorship or a collaborate or, or it means something to your ego somewhere. And really, we got to remember behind every single number, you know, is a person. And mm-hmm. uh, one thing I like to tell people about authenticity is, like, would you go around to, like, a party and treat people like your followers, like your, the numbers of your followers? You know, it's like, hey, I'm going to this networking event. Just, just follow me. Like, walk around, follow me wherever <laughs> I'm doing. Like, comment and like on everything that I'm doing. You know, like, is that – that's a one-way street. Like, we got to remember, like – you know, mm-hmm. this is about social media, what happened to the social part. It's, it's all about creating those authentic connections and really taking the time. Like even if you're a CEO or, or of your business and maybe you have 30 employees, 100 employees, 500 employees, whatever it is, like make yourself available for toilet time to respond to people's DMs and respond to people's comments. And they might ask you like, hey, how do I, um, you know, set up my own store? If you're an e-commerce mm-hmm. store, it's like, you could take the time to, to, to be like, hey, here's a link, like, check this out, this is what I did, you know, and then that person is going to love you for the rest of their life. And mm-hmm. when they're successful, they're going to remember you, you know, that totally. you were the one that, that helped them out. So you mm-hmm. never know how these, like, little connections 
um, kind of come back around and circle back around and how, how they're going to um, affect your life in a positive way. So that's, that's mm-hmm. what I always try to tell people. But yeah, it's funny. My older brother used to always say to me, be nice to everyone. Your valet parker could be your boss next week. <laughs> it's, you know? especially, in this, especially in this economy, it's totally true. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's like really engage with, with funny. You know, I think, you know, that there's different with, with all the different generations that are alive right now, right? That we have so, you know, there's the, you know, the baby boomers, right, are the top of the chain, I guess the, the eldest, right? And then, you yeah. know, Gen, Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z, and millennials, and I don't know what my kids are, or your kid, or your baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, my kids are like, am I a Gen Z? I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. Um, and, you know, that all these different demographics were brought up with, you know, like, obviously, the 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 baby boomers didn't have any tech growing up at all. The Gen Xers didn't really have any tech until they were uh, in their thirty early, like maybe about thirty years old. Um, yeah. And you know, twenty five to thirty, and so, and then all the other ones below that, they all grew up with tech. So there's, you know, I think that there's so many different levels of people's comfort, their comfort level, I guess, is what I'm getting at, of being. feeling free to just be authentic and, Mm. you know, not worry about what people are going to think of you or what the neighbor is going to say or, you know, whatever older people really worry about. Um, You know, sometimes on interviews, people are like, wow, you're going to talk about that? And I'm like, it's there. Hey, it's the 21st century. You can (laughs) Google anything about me and learn about it. I'm sure I don't have nothing to hide. (laughs) Except the color of my underwear, really. (laughs) you know, it's like pretty much everything else people can see or read about you, um, you know, if you're in business and you're kind of in the public eye a little bit. But so let's kind of circle yeah. back to um, talk, like, let's get into product-based companies and Instagram. And I really want to kind of probe with you a little bit, like, if somebody has, you know, whether it's, um, you know, a handbag company, clothing, jewelry, accessories, baby products, um, what do you think the best way to grow your business on Instagram today is. Yeah. Besides doing advertising, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Advertising is great. And we work with so many e-commerce stores and, and people that are selling different products and services online. And I think that, you know, the number one thing is to create community around your product or service and provide value based on that product to your people. So let's say you're selling, we, we work with a lot of jewelers. So let's say mm-hmm. somebody's selling jewelry. It's not so much that you're selling the jewelry itself. It's like, how can you sell the dream of it? Like for instance, a realtor doesn't sell you the house. He sells you, oh, your daughter is in this room and you guys are playing and you're doing dinner over here. And the car salesman doesn't sell you the car he sells you, oh, you're on the Amalfi Coast in Italy and the top's down, you know, with your beloved. Right. So how can you add more value to your, your community's life through your product or service? So it's not just, oh, I'm selling you this citrine rock, you know, that's attached to this gold ring. Let's, let's go a little bit more into it. Citrine is, represents creativity, this this rock has a certain residency, you know, it's going to bring this, um, bring more story into it and like what it means, where it came from. You can also talk about where did, you know, are you sourcing it? Like 
ethically. Um, you can mm-hmm. talk about your story of processing and manufacturing, which shows you how much you care about your own service, which shows you that you actually care about your clients as well and creates trust. So mm-hmm. you have a very small window of time and opportunity to get all these messages across to somebody that comes to your page. But this is what's going to help you stand out and dif- differentiate yourself from the millions of jewelers out there because the primary issue is saturation right now. People are right. like dying to figure out how to stand out from the pack when there's a million drop shipping websites for a t-shirt. There's a million drop shipping websites for jewelry. You know, it's like if you're an authentic jeweler and you really care about your craft, how are you going to stand out from all these other people that are spending money on ads and things like that? And these are the key differentiators of authenticity and sharing your story and getting out there being a fi- people. Here's another big one. People love seeing a face. Gen, Gen Z, the younger generation, they are so tired of faceless brands. You know, mm-hmm. they don't trust them. They don't trust them right. at all. They, they, they don't like ads. They don't like anything that's, that's coming at their face with any type of sales gimmickly. They want to see you, like, in your full authenticity. They want to see you fall on your face. They want to see you rise up from falling on your face. And they will mm-hmm. cheer you on, on both ways. <laughs> and, and if you don't talk about you falling on your face, well, guess what? They'll find it on the internet because everything's on the internet. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, but what I mean by falling on your face is like, you can authentically talk about, Oh wow. I was trying to make this deal. It didn't happen. You know, I thought, it was, exactly. you know, you can talk, you can talk a little bit about things like this to make you more relatable, make you more authentic, make you more of a real person. They don't, nobody wants to see, uh, I mean, sure. It's nice to see a Nike ad and everything's perfect, but like everyone knows that's like totally staged, you know, like n- no one expects you to be perfect. So give yourself permission to just be yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in social media, it's huge. Um, another thing, once you, when you come off with that type of message, what's going to happen is you're going to attract a certain type of people that are, are attracted to that, that message, right? And they're going to stay with you. These aren't just kind of willy-nilly followers where people are just looking for those numbers just so they can show their friend how many followers they have. These are people that are actually engaging with you, taking the time to want to see your content this is the type of following you want you want to have so don't get caught up in the rat race of oh, I need 100,000 followers you know let's focus on to be cool right <laughs> high, yeah let's focus on high quality the turtle wins the race you know we took mm-hmm. 3 years to get 100,000 followers and that launched us into the top 200 apps in the app store overnight so it's mm-hmm. something to you know, when you see Gary V and everyone's like, well, he's got 50 million followers. We're seeing the tip of the iceberg. That guy's been in social media for like 10, 15 years and he's been building brick by brick, one follower by one follower. He's on the toilet, like sending DMs to people that are are the car valet guy, you know, Mm -hmm. if if you want that success, like that's the, the energy and the mentality that one could adopt. Um, Another thing too is, huge is the bio you know a lot of people are are undescriptive in their bio you got to remember instagram allows searching for the display name the instagram handle so like those two things are searchable by instagram and your bio reinforces um, what what it is that you're being searched for so it's important the keywords that you're putting in there um, and also your handle is 
keyword specific. So if you are a jeweler, you would want to put jewelry in there somewhere, obviously. Um, but a mm -hmm. lot of people don't do that. You know, they might have like some crazy name like OXZ Design or something. But like you may want to reconsider, at least for your display name, to put jewelry in there somewhere. Um, that way that you're showing up when somebody types in jewelry, if, you, if you're in their area or geotagged and things like that, like you'll pop up. So another thing too is the call to action, like the bio link. A lot of times it's like, where do you want to drive your followers? You have to get very specific about that. A lot of people I see, they put up link trees. Are you familiar with Linktree? Oh, yeah, I have uh, it. Are you going to yeah. tell me it's horrible? <laughs> no, well, it's not, it's not horrible. It's just take, take a look at this, this uh, ideology here. Yeah. When you send somebody to a Linktree, what are you doing? You're sending them to like three, five, seven different links. Now, yeah, most consumers, choices, right? Analysis yeah. paralysis. So if you're yep. going to use Linktree, at least um, – uh, change the color of the primary link that you want them to click so it's contrasted versus the other links. But I prefer mm. just send them direct to the page that you have a sale on so you can convert them into uh, a customer or at least a, or get their email so that they're in your ecosystem. So if, mm. another thing, if people aren't using emails, you are missing out big time. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I get a lot of clients from emails or free trials or some type of loss leader. We see this a lot in a lot of drop shipping e-commerce websites. They do loss leaders. They'll say, oh, the product is free. Just pay shipping. Have you, have you seen right. that? Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. yeah. So, so you can figure out, okay, what's my loss leader? Restaurants do this all the time. Costco does this with free samples. It's, it's a way to get people in the door. And really what you're doing is you're getting, them, getting their email. How can I get their email? If I'm an e-commerce yeah. store and I'm not providing an e-book for something, like let's say you're a jewelry store. I, I, I'm into like energy work and things like that. So let's say mm -hmm. you're a jewelry store and you're going to do a we're, we're going to do an e-book for the seven chakras and the stones that relate to each one of the chakras. You know. Okay. So mm -hmm. let's, you could give something like that away and get their email. You know, so figure out what is it in your business. If I'm not going to give away product or I'm not going to give away a trial, how can I get creative with an ebook that will provide value and make this person's life better because they have this information and I get to have their email. And then now you can put them into your ecosystem again and put it, yep. create a, another good thing to, to do about that. I could go into emails completely, but um, <laughs> another thing too, very, very important really quickly is yeah. to make sure that your Instagram posts are shoppable. This is like probably number one actually, right. but mm -hmm. before everything else, I was getting here <laughs> because you got to have a community first before anyone's going to buy it. Right. Um, but once a lot of stores still aren't even hip to this, but you can actually make your posts clickable and people can buy it directly off of uh, Facebook or they it can link directly to your website. So it gives a lot of power to business owners to be able to drive traffic to convert their followers into sales. And there's a multitude of different uh, apps and ways to do Instagram shoppable posts. I highly recommend if you have a Shopify store, or a big commerce store is go through the Facebook route. You can set up 
a Facebook page and a Facebook store there, and then link it directly to your Shopify or BigCommerce, and it just streamlines everything. So uh, a lot of people are on Shopify, and so that, that's, a, that's a great way to go. So but, I mean, this, I could keep going. You, well, is this different than just the shop button that you see, like when you're on your phone, right, and you go to somebody's um, Instagram, and you see, and you um, see that shop button now that almost everybody has, you know, who has a, an e-com store. I don't have an e-com store, so um, I'm just clicking on, I just so the, my phone to so click the, on somebody's thing. Yeah, is the shop it's, button taking, taking you to a website, or is the shop button opening within the app? It opens within the app. Yeah, so that would be linked directly from the, the Facebook store. Right. But are you, is yeah. that what you're talking about, or are you talking about making one of your posts actually clickable? Um, you could do both. You could do both. Oh, so, so how, do you, for, how do you make a post clickable? Because I haven't heard about so, that. So there's an app. Um, it's called ECWID. <laughs> Equid. Yeah. No, it's called Equid.com. You can e check it out. E-Q-U-I-D. Yeah, and basically what it's, what it's called is ECWID. Um, what it allows you to do is create little pop-ups on the photo posts or slideshow posts. And so basically what you're going to see is, like, uh, it's tagged. It's shoppable tag posts. Have you seen mm, that on people's okay. accounts? Um, I've never paid attention. Never paid attention. So there's, like, a little well, bubble when you're scrolling Well, usually there's, like, on. a shop button under – I've seen the shop button underneath a photo before. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. it's an ad. I don't know. You know, it's that late night. I'm in my bed scrolling Instagram. And I'm like, oh, that looks good. I'm going to buy that. <laughs> that that could be an ad. That could be an ad. If yeah. it's underneath the post. Yeah. Okay. I think so, it's an but ad. but these these type of posts are certain third party apps that you can you can check out. There's quite a few. I've I have um I have a, we have a blog post that kind of like identifies the pros and cons of each one on our website. But, oh, well, I'll just reference um, that in, in this podcast when I put it up online. Okay, perfect. I'll, I'll so reference can, your, your uh, blog post. Okay, perfect. We can just do that. For everybody. I won't make you try to remember what they are. <laughs> but that's, yeah, but that's, um, yeah I've, I've, I mean, for everyone, right, to make sure for sure they have that shop button too, right, on their yeah, the shop button. Instagram page. But the cool, the really cool thing too is though when somebody scrolls on your feed, you could have little tags on the item. So let's say you took a photo of the jewelry, you could have a little bubble on it, and if somebody taps on it, it'll take them directly to purchase right then and there. So either uh, way, on your website you the, or through the app, it would be through through an app. So okay. it takes you out of the Instagram app. Mhm. Okay. Yeah. But cool. It's still really awesome powerful. Tip. Yeah. 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 Um, wow, those were some awesome things. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, uh, how you target the right people on Instagram now. Like, if you're, um, like, let's say you are doing some ads. You know, how do you? Um, what What are your suggestions on finding the right target? Absolutely, this is huge. You know, targeting mm -hmm. is between striking out or hitting the home run. And yeah. <laughs> it, takes a lot of, it, it can take some time to figure this out. 
But before, you know, one of the things I, I've done a lot of startups, before you even go into business, you want to identify your target audience. So how do you do that? You create user personas. This is something everyone should Google, how to create a user persona for my business. You imagine, what is my ideal customer? Who's buying my jewelry? You know, if I have jewelry, okay, I want to sell my jewelry for $30. Okay, well, maybe I'm selling to high school kids, you know. But if I want to sell my jewelry for 3000 okay, now I need to go after high school kids' grandmas, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or successful business. <laughs> right, people. the Gen X, Gen X and yeah. boomers, right? Yeah, so, so we need to figure out – who are who's our ideal customer? That's how you figure out who your target audience is. Who do you want buying from you? Who do you who do you, and think about your life too? It's like who do I want to talk to all day? You know, who, I want to surround myself with this type of person, this type of client. Like you can kind of get to design your life a little bit like that. And um, then I usually do three buckets. So pick out three people. So for instance, for social sensei, we want to target um, influencers, people that want to gain more of a following. We want to target e-commerce stores or products and businesses that sell products and businesses. And then we also want to target um, social media agencies, agencies that Mm -hmm. actually provide social media growth services. And then we give each person a name. So we'll call her like, um, you know, influencer Susie. She, and we'll give her a personality. Okay. She's between the age of um, 18 and 25, she loves traveling the world, um, you know, she didn't really go to college uh, because she just immediately started traveling the world, and she wants to, her goal in life is to gain a large following to ensure that she can collaborate with brands and get sponsorships, you know, and, and travel mm-hmm. for free. So you understand what they want, then you come up with, well, what's my solution to this target audience? And this is how you start creating your ad. Right. So now I know who my target audience is. Now I know what product or service I want to sell them. Now I just have to create the actual ad. So once you go into Facebook, Facebook's really cool because they've got the most powerful targeting platform out there. Right. right. Now the, the thing is being that it's so powerful is there's a million knobs and dials and, I'll be honest. Um, I've gone in there. I've, I've I've done the work myself, and yeah, it's, me too. It's a lot of work. It's, yeah, it's a yeah. lot of work to task. A lot of work. And we could probably have a whole hour podcast just talking about how to tweak those knobs and knobs and dials. But my mm-hmm. my advice is to business owners that don't have the time to dedicate to that is go on Upwork or Freelancer because I'm a master delegator. Go on Upwork or Freelancer. Interview you know, 10 to 20 agencies that will run your Facebook ads for you and get them on some sort of commission deal where they get a percentage of the sales. So that way they're incentivized um, to increase your ROI. Otherwise people just treat you like, you know, toilet paper, like you're in one day and you're Uh out the next and it doesn't matter. So you really need to get these people on your sales team um, so that they're excited when you're excited. Um, so don't make deals where it's just, I'm, oh, I'm just going to try this sales guy or this marketing thing, and they're they're not in it, you know, to to for you to win. So, right. Um, and when you when you do that, you can focus on the creative part. And and here's another big tip: don't have your ego bruised because <laughs> your idea isn't the best idea. The best idea is the one that gets results. 
So mm-hmm. switch from like my personal idea to data-driven results. So when you see one ad that maybe you didn't think was going to work and it's working, great, you should be celebrating, you know, and you see your ad not working, then great, try a different ad. Like it's no big deal. It's, you know, get up and dust yourself off again. So this is just another thing I, I've dealt with a lot with clients. Like, oh, it's my idea and I want to do it my way. It's like science, <laughs> science people, science. Is yeah. It, is it converting into sales. to the facts. Yeah. yeah, is it converting into sales? Yeah. Right. So, so that's going, a little so bit going about back that. to your, your Susie travel blogger girl, so yep. if you were going to go into your Facebook ad manager and choose some interests, to target yeah. people like that. Like just for example, for her, like how would you mm-hmm. decide, would you think about like where she travels to or the avenue that she takes to get there or the magazines that she reads or the suitcase that she uses or how, how do yeah. you decide like how you're going to like pick the actual yeah. interest groups? Great question. So, Another thing to remember about Facebook uh, ad platform is that when you get more targeted, your ad gets more expensive. So you don't mm-hmm. want to go too, too targeted. You know, um, It's something to, to balance out in with whatever your budget is. Um, but I would certainly go after interest of like travel. You know? um, I would mm-hmm. go after interest of um, the, the brands that she wanted to target that we feel that, you know, the type of influencer that we want to attract. So let's say Susie's into Nike, you know, then I would, mm-hmm. I would target people that are interested in Nike. And okay. actually one of my favorite things to do is target other people's pages because yes. pages, they've already built a hyper-targeted audience. So let's, let's just use another example. Let's say I'm selling dog treats. It's like, let's go find um, the dog whisperer. He's got a bunch of, owner dog owners that that want to take care of their dogs you know like that's a perfect example of, of finding look-alike audiences that are already built up you don't have to do the work the work's already been done by somebody else all you got to <laughs> do is target their list so that's one of the beautiful things about that and since the market's so saturated there's influencers in every market <laughs> it's really it's really right kind of, that's kind of actually one of the benefits of such a saturated market um, is that somebody's already done it for you and you can just hop on, hop on to uh, their following. And so you, and so basically just for people who don't know, right, when, can you, can you just talk a little bit about how it's best to do that because you're going, you're talking about going into the Facebook ad manager, but that's because that's where you manage your Instagram ads too. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm talking so much about Facebook because Facebook owns Instagram. Um, Facebook is the platform where you can manage both Facebook and Instagram ads um, from the same place. So if you create a Facebook ad, it automatically goes to Instagram, but you'll have have the ability to show it only on one platform or both. Um, There's actually many options. They have a a third-party network that they show it on as well. Mm-hmm. And that, and just so people are clear, that dif- the using the Facebook ad manager is very different from just, you know, promoting one of your posts on Instagram, which you could do as well. Yeah, absolutely. Right? You can just if immediately you feel comfortable. Com- yeah, you could immediately 
promote something, but I, I will tell you that that to me feels like you're throwing money in the wind because basically when you press that promote button, it's going to give you the most general, like, okay, we're just going to push this out to more people that we think that are going to like this post based on who's already liking your content. So it's not – that feels like I'm just throwing money in the wind. You know, it's like, what are you trying to do, just get more likes? Like, no, mm-hmm. we, we want to we target people that are actually interested in the content that we're, we're creating or the product or service that we're, we're selling. So it's, if you have a budget, I, I mean, no one I know – yeah, I'm just going to say, like, no one I know that's in business has probably pressed that button. Yeah. Yeah. I tried it when I first yeah. saw it and I was like, oh, because I run Facebook ads all the time and obviously yeah. I run an Instagram, but I was like, I'm just going to play around with this, you know, throw 30 or 50 bucks at it or something. And I was like, that was, so I could have just burned it in my fireplace. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I did that too. Um, I did that too. Trust me. Everyone in business like, did it once, but right, they didn't do exactly. it twice. <laughs> it sort of like boosting a post on Facebook, I guess. Right, yes, equivalent exactly. to the same thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Um, well, so let's talk about influencer marketing because that is really your specialty these days. And I want to sort of have you just talk. I know we're running a long time. Sorry, I just having no so much fun talking to you. Um, I know, I love it. Just talk <laughs> a little bit about what influencer marketing is, in your opinion, and then you know how do you kind of define an influencer or celebrity, you know, and the power that they bring to people's brands. Yeah, totally. There's so many different types of influencers. We can get into them all. But influencer marketing in in general is basically a person uh, that has a targeted niche where they're they're a thought leader. They're seen as an expert or they're seen as somebody that can kind of sway their audience into one direction or another because primarily people trust that person. Why? Because they're Mm -hmm. authentic and they're real. So right. this is typically what <laughs> back to what we talked is. about in the beginning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, and there's many different types of influencers, um, you know, primarily ranging on how much influ- influence they actually have. Um, so, for instance, we have a micro-influencer. They might have 1,000 a, a to 10,000 followers. You know, then you may have, like, somebody that we – consider like a normal size influencer, which would be 25,000 up to, let's say like 250,000. And then you have your macro influencer, which is 250,000 plus. Typically, these people even have millions of followers. And Mm -hmm. then you can kind of get into the celebrity space because eventually an influencer turns into a celebrity at a certain point. And that's kind of an undefined gray area because somebody could just have 20 million followers and they're still quote unquote an influencer. But I guess celebrity means, you know, when you're in the mainstream public eye of attention, like in a movie and the news, things of, things of that mm-hmm. nature. Um, so the, the benefit of using influencers is the fact that you're getting that boost in credibility. You're getting somebody that already is trusted. It's like word of mouth marketing, which is the most powerful form of marketing still to this day. Because when somebody from your family or your friend uh, refers you to a product or service, you don't even question it. Do I even need to do the research? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. And you're just like, oh, yeah, go down to Jimmy John's down the street and he'll fix your car. <laughs> you're like, okay, great. Jim, Jimmy's going to take care of me, you know. Uh, Randy sent me like and Jimmy's like oh great yeah I love Randy you know and and you guys are already doing everything great and 
the job gets done well because that trust is already established. It's same, same, but different with influencer marketing because these people are going to, and you could even ask yourself, who are the influencers I'm following that are putting up how-to videos, unboxing videos, review videos, and I, I tend to trust these people more. You know, you can even right. see it in your own life. It's like, uh, there's a, for instance, there's a guy I follow that does um, camera reviews. And it's like, I'm not going to go take the time to test out 100 different cameras, you know, and, <laughs> and I don't have the time to do it. He's going to do it for this, me. <laughs> yeah, this guy's going to do it for me. He's going to tell me which one's the best one, and I'm going to go with that one because I trust this guy. You know, now it's very important that the influencer doesn't misuse their trust because as soon as that happens, guess what? They, they lose their audience. They know that. Right. So that's why they're in the business of trust. And they're not going to be swayed by $5,000, dollars $50,000 you know, when a company comes to them because they know that if they botch it once, they're, they're done for life. You know, everything's on the internet forever. So mm -hmm. don't, don't, don't forget that one. Even the color. Yeah, yellow. exactly. So, That's a good one. <laughs> so, so, um, so you're going to immediately get a boost in credibility from any influence that you work with, with their audience. So another great thing about working with influencers is niche targeting. So we talked about those lookalike audiences. Okay, I'm mm -hmm. a dog, uh, you know, I'm selling dog treats. I can get a slew of influencers that are, have a bunch of um, followers that are dog owners, you know, immediately right there. And they trust this person. Great. So I'm going to get my product in there. But here's the thing. Influencer marketing isn't the same as other marketing. You do a Facebook ad, you immediately get exactly what you want. With influencer marketing, it's a little bit like dating. You know, it's more like the Tinder app. So it's like, do I match with this influencer? Yeah, I want the influencer. But does the influencer also resonate with your brand or your message? Because they, they get to say no too. And they, they don't have to agree mm -hmm. with, oh, I'm going to do what, what you want to do and things like that, mm -hmm. you know. So, it's, it's, uh, so if you're going to come off as like salesy and all this stuff, People aren't really into that, you know, and this is something we do at Social Sensei too. It's called creator marketing where you get to be creative with the influencers, come up with creative ideas and campaigns for how to um, curate an ad that is more than just an ad. Like, for instance, I'll give you an example. Let's go back to the dog treat idea. Okay, mm -hmm. um, we got an influencer that, that has a large dog following. Okay, let's take Lulu, the influencer's dog, take him to Central Park, have him jump in the air, and then right at the peak as he's jumping in the air, throw him a treat, and then slow-mo it, and then share that with his uh, following, you know, as a story, Instagram story. And then you can have like a call to action on the next Instagram story or something like that. But you've got to get really creative. It's not just a paid social ad like, you know, a couple years ago, influencer marketing was just, here's some money and put this photo up and... Um, change your bio link you know you've got to get a little bit more uh, fun and creative with how you get your product out there otherwise people are just going to see through it and they're just be like this is an ad I don't want to watch an ad you know like right. entertain me it's crazy exactly. like <laughs> you, you really got to think like that you know another great so, I, tip I, no, go ahead. I like to say another great mm -hmm. thing I like to say too is is like look at your own ad Look at your content that you're creating. Like, would you stop scrolling on the feed to even look at your own content, you know? Like, and if your answer is no, then you're not doing it right. Like, if you're not entertaining mm -hmm. yourself or, or, or 
inspiring yourself, then something has to change with your social media because all you're doing is calling it in. You're just, you're just putting it out there. And guess what happens when you just put it out there? It's just more garbage out there on the Internet. We got enough of that. Like, give mm-hmm. us something to work with, you know. Um, yeah, so the difference between an influencer and a celebrity, though, is the price. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, I was just about to ask about that. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the price is a big difference. And the primary reason for that is a lot of celebrities, they're, they're working with agencies or an agent, so they're taking a right. cut. And then you've also got the brand power. Uh, so, you know, my name's Tom, and the other guy's name is Matt. They have the same number of followers, but Tom is quote-unquote famous, has done all these movies and all this stuff, so he's charging for that, you know, because he has the name recognition. So you're getting more uh, what we call brand association. If you're working with a celebrity, you can work off of that as well and get associated with that celebrity. So there's power in that association, just like, for instance, when somebody buys drives a BMW or a Mercedes, immediately you're probably thinking, oh, well, he, he, that guy must be successful or he's in business or he's sporty, you know, in, in some way that's a fast car um, versus somebody that drives like a Toyota Prius, you're immediately going to have the brand associate, well, they're environmentally conscious and, you know, that um, they're doing, they're probably doing something good for humanity. <laughs> right. Yeah. They have um, solar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have solar. <laughs> so, right. So, um, so you get that brand association with that aura of the celebrity that you may not get with the influencer. The thing you get with the influencer more though, is you can gain more trust because people inherently just trust them more like a celebrity. They might see it more as an advertisement versus mm. like, Hey, this is a recommendation. So there's right. two ways to go around that. And you kind of, kind of got to weigh it, you know, and to see what, what, where you want to position your brand and what's most important for you at the time. So mm-hmm. that's a little bit about And how does the, how does the payment, like, what are you finding these days? Like with, not with famous celebrities, like not having, you know, Khloe Kardashian, you know, holding yeah. up your perfume going, I love this perfume. Right. Yeah. And that's pretty blatant as an paid advertisement, right. For yeah. whatever she charges quarter of a million dollars or something. But, but what are you finding or more? Yeah. Um, but what are you finding these days that, smaller, you know, smaller but powerful influences, influencers are charging or do you have to pay them up front or would they ever be willing to do like a pay for play like you were saying about the Upwork guys? Like, hey, yeah. if you think you can really drive the traffic, we'll give you 20% of everything we make. Yeah. You know, here's, yeah. here's a coupon code so we can track everything that you sell or something. Yeah, totally. Great question. So uh, the pricing is all over the board. Again, it, it just boils down to what somebody values themselves at, uh, their brand worth, and you know how much how much following and things like that. Um, so you can find influencers, you know, dirt cheap, fifty dollars a post. You can go all the way up to like a million plus. So that's mm-hmm. a tough one to to answer for you. But like generally speaking, typically like when we work with people that have creator marketing and things like that, our campaign, it's like a minimum budget of three thousand dollars, and then we find five influencers that fit your target audience and you can work with the top influencer we found. It's going to be $3,000 for one post, or you can kind of mix and match with the smaller influencers and do 10 posts at $300 each. So that we, that's how we get around that question. It's not how much is the influencer. It's how much do you want to spend on influencers is the real question. 
right? And then okay. the other question you had was about um, can you pay refresh my memory? Pay for play. Oh, yes. it, whether they do so, the pay for play. Yeah, so that's a great question too. So any professional influencer is already past that point. They, they have professional photographers. You know, all their pictures are nice, dialed in. Like, they don't need pay for play. They might look at it if it's something like a lucrative deal, something like that. But you're only really going to get the people that are, want to be influencers um, to be able to do that. And that's great, too, because if you don't have a large marketing budget, that's something that you can invest time into is get, like, 30 pay-to-play influencers and then rotate them every single day, you know, and then you have them on contracts so or once a month. That way you have 30 people, you know, marketing your thing every single month mm-hmm. um, to, their, to their audiences. Just be in mind, keep in mind, they may not be as professional, you know, as somebody that, that does this for a living. They may flake on you. They may, you know, take your product and not, not do anything, you know, with it. Um, th- there's, all these, there's always bad apples, you know, and that's why working with an agency like Social Sensei, it's like we – call all that out. You don't have to deal with any of those problems, um, contracts and things of that nature. But, but if you're working with a very tight string budget, it's, it's worth looking into. It's something mm-hmm. we used to do uh, a long time ago with our lifestyle agency. We, we used to rotate um, different art influencers and it helped it take our co- company from 100,000 followers to 265,000 followers in a, in mm. a year. Yeah. Great. Wow. Awesome. It's, well, it's so a lot of work. Let's talk so. a little bit. <laughs> let's talk a little, I bet. Um, so yeah. um, I know you guys do influencer programs um, at Social Sensei, and I just want you to talk for just to, you know, give a quick little pitch on how people could find you, work with you. I'm totally hiring you guys, by the way. Um, and just let them know kind of where they can do all that. Yeah, absolutely. So you can check us out on the web. It's uh, socialsensei.co. And we have two ways to work with influencers. The first way is the loop giveaway. And basically, it's a very simple way to gain more followers on your account. If you're trying to get over the 10,000 mark on Instagram so you can have that elusive swipe up feature, we've got you covered. Um, with a loop giveaway, we pair you up with an influencer celebrity. We run a contest on their page. And then to enter the contest, their followers have to follow your account. It's a very simple, fast, and easy way to drive thousands of followers to your account within seven days. And then the second way we work with um, – oh, and the price point for that is generally between $300 and $1,000 per month. Um, and you can gain anywhere from 1,000 to 5,000 – or sorry, 10,000 followers in a single campaign. And we also work with um, celebrities and pa- more powerful influencers every single month, but those packages are one-offs, generally 2,500 and higher um, if you want to just gain followers. And that could be powerful for brand endorsement, getting more leads and sales, or um, just patting yourself on the back when you look in the mirror. And – <laughs> the second way the second way we work with influencers is the creator marketing campaigns which is um we have packages starting generally at 3000 up and this is totally dependent upon your budget whatever you want to do um we can fit your budget and match it and find influencers that will uh work for that price point 
and we find the top five influencers in a hyper-targeted niche. Anything that you are selling or a service or a product, I guarantee we can find you influencers that will resonate with you. And like we said before, it's a little bit like Tinder, so the influencer also has to accept to work with you. From there, we help create creative campaigns with you. You also get to be part of the creative campaign process. So if you want Lulu the dog, you're like, I'm extreme dog treats. I want Lulu the dog jumping out of a plane, <laughs> strapped to your back, and throw the treats all over her face as she's falling to her impending doom. Now, we can propose that. It doesn't mean the influencer is going to say yes. You know, sure. but, um, but it's a possibility. And then, you know, you get complete creative control. You get um, before anything goes live, you get to check everything out. And then um, we also help you with your, your outreach strategy. So whether you want to go with that one top influencer who maybe was on TV or was famous on YouTube or something, or maybe you want to just go with some smaller influencers and, you know, see uh, who performs the best uh, and gets you the best ROI, we can do that as well. And the cool thing about influencer marketing, totally different than ad market, uh, traditional ad marketing is that you actually get to develop relationships with people. So if you do like an influencer, you know, there's so many more cool creative ideas that you get to go down the road with. They could turn into a brand ambassador, affiliate, you know, things of this nature. It's just, you're just starting that initial handshake at first, but who knows, maybe you're flying them out and having coffee and doing photo shoots with them. And, you know, they're part of your, your ad campaign later down the road in some totally unique way. So there's a lot of fun stuff going on in the influencer world, and it's one of the ways to drive massive amounts of traffic to your page um, basically overnight. So That's so awesome, and you sound so fun to work with. <laughs> like it's just going to be – it's not going to be a nightmare <laughs> Oh no, it's, it's, at it's, all. <laughs> well, I, I've been doing this for like 13 years, so I, I mean not influencer marketing but just business in general. And yeah. trust me, we want to make it as easy, breezy as possible because how many times do you do a job and it's just like, oh, my gosh, why did I even sign up? And now I'm doing more work. Like we make exactly. the process so, Like, for instance, I'll give you an example. If you do a loop giveaway, all you have to do is sign up and give us your Instagram handle. That's it. We do everything <laughs> else. We do nothing else. If you sign up for creator marketing, if you sign up for creator marketing, all you have to do is sign up. And we will do all the research. We get all the influencers. We do all the contracts. We put all the creative ideas in front of you. If you, don't even, if you want to be so lazy that you don't even want to put out a creative idea, you don't have to. You just have to select which idea you want to go with. That's it. Wow. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you so. definitely do that in your underwear. <laughs> <laughs> you, totally. <laughs> totally. So we want to make it as easy as possible because I get it. Sign up for too many services, and now I'm doing another job. It's like, no, I'm not interested in that. Right, exactly. I know. Yeah. That's like the worst thing. It's, it, I just I love full-service stuff. Well, this was yeah. so awesome. And you guys, Darren is – we are doing a webinar in a week, and he is going to do kind of a hot seat demo for a brand – uh, during this webinar, we're going to do like a review, look at what they could be doing better, give, give this person some ideas of how they can make their Instagram page badass. And we are, you could just fill out the form that you see right on the podcast page, and we will randomly pick a winner and uh, give you 
uh, maybe 24 hours notice <laughs> that you're going to be <laughs> on the show. And, um, and so this is really generous, and it, I think it'll be an amazing learning experience. So I'm really looking forward to that. So we will, Darren and I will see you all hopefully in a week. And Darren, thanks so much for all of this amazing information today, and I'm really looking forward to the webinar with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the show, and I look forward to, to the webinar as well. Yeah. Well, have everyone have a great week, and we will see you then. Sarah Shaw signing off. I'll see you on the next Get a Street Smart MBA. Thanks for tuning in to A Street Smart MBA with Sarah Shaw. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to get the latest episodes anytime, anywhere. And we'll see you on the next one.